Welcome to the Enjoying God podcast. This is a deep and a practical conversation looking at what it means to enjoy God. When they find out your favourite musical artist, which is... Eminem. That then challenges everything. Eminem, wow. the rapper. I'm very fond of his song, Stan. It was playing a lot when I was a sandwich girl at Subway. Click a link over to someone and say, hey, join. Or even come to my lounge room, we can watch it together. Whereas they might not want to step into a church building. So there's definitely something to explore there. Again, don't want to lock our church into doing anything. You know, Paul Dale, if you're listening, I'm not signing <laughs> up for anything. It's fine. All right, guys, we're here. The final episode. We made it. And no one's pulled the plug on us yet. Hey, I know of. <laughs> no, there's just raving reviews everywhere. Donald Trump tells me this is the greatest podcast he's ever listened to. It's just amazing. <laughs> Him again. Yeah, that's right. Uh, as we finish up, I think it's a great place for finishing up because we've talked about how God's wired us differently. We've talked about enjoying God through prayer, through Bible reading. We've talked about healthy emotions. We've talked about enjoying God as we confess our sins. And we're landing this talking about enjoying God together as the church. And so joining us is Susan Arn, the Reverend Susan Arn. Great to have you here. Uh, Susan is a member of our team. She's a pastor with us. Let's all just share something we love about Susan. And for me, I'm going to say Susan has a great collection of shoes. They're always different. That's different true. colors, bought in different places around the world. Yeah, no, I do like my shoes, but at the moment I'm just wearing just plain old brown shoes at the moment so my shoe yes. game isn't as good as it could be it's today they're still too. nice though don't be harsh on yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah i really like the fact that you love books i love books too but you go next step further and you've bought a custom stamp that says the library of susan Arn with your phone number on it just in case anyone was confused whose book this is and yet people still sometimes don't return my books Wow. Do you want to name some people here? No, you're good. No. <laughs> now, people might think you're a book nerd, Susan, but when they find out your favourite musical artist, which is... Eminem. That then challenges everything. Eminem, wow. the rapper. I'm very fond of his song, Stan. It was playing a lot when I was a sandwich girl at Subway. Go on. Rap no. us a bit. No, no, I'm no, I'm just no, imagining no, you no, with no, a hoodie no. handing out, you know, <laughs> foot-long... Bread. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That would have scared some of the customers away. <laughs> okay, so we're in this individualistic age, uh, anti-institutional age, and people think the church mm. uh, has passed its golden era. Mm. Uh, what would you say to someone who is thinking, oh, I can be a Christian without going to church. I don't really need the church. Mm. What would you say, Susan? Um, yeah, no, I think it's really interesting when you look at um, what God says about himself. Um, he calls himself Father, not just to his son Jesus, but actually to everybody who's saved as well. So he's actually called us to be a family, to um, spirit of adoption and sonship for both men and women. And so there's a sense in which um, God actually wants us to be a family and a community from the outset. Mm. Yeah, well, I think it's just fundamental to who humans are. We learned right at the beginning that God created all things, but he made man and woman in his image and mm. who is god god is the triune relational mm. god like we're not going to go too hard on the mm. triune stuff we could be here for hours but <laughs> um, the very fact that he is father son and holy spirit and mm. that's who he is in himself mm. and that's who we're made like we, we were made for each other we need each other but you could have relationships in you know your frisbee club or in your sports not team frisbee <laughs> why why the church i got this ready when god saves God gathers. Ooh. Boom. You can tweet that if you want. Donald Trump, that on right back at you, man. Um, now, here's, here's what's going on. God, God looks upon us as sinners, reaches down and saves us, 
by the blood of his son, but he doesn't just want to forgive us from our sin and give us eternal, eternal life. That's part of it. But he actually mm-hmm. saves us for the church. That's, that's what we're saved into. We're saved into this community that, that is this, I think in Ephesians, it talks about being the wisdom of Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, very intrinsic to all of scripture is this direction towards the end of time when all of God's people will stand around the throne, literally our podcast, enjoying him forever. Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, because we're saved into the church, church is not an optional extra. It's just the reality of who you are. Yes. You, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, are part of his church. Yes, and I think yeah. we find church hard, and sometimes it's really hard. And let's just own that right now. Like it's, it's okay to find church hard sometimes because the very reality of church is there are people entirely different from you. Mm. But I think sometimes we drink the Kool-Aid of our culture that says you should just be an individual agent roaming the earth, trying to find joy wherever you can find it. And Mm. anyone you choose to include in your life should be the people that make you feel good Mm. and will help you. But as soon as they're not good for you, cut them off. Mm. That's our attitude, even if we don't want to own it. Mm. And church is just this countercultural moment where it says God's joined you with people that you might not actually like very much. Mm. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because we're in such an individualistic culture. Like I've met so many people who say that they're Christians, but they don't go to church and they go, I have my relationship with God um, and I don't need to do it with other people. Um, and you wonder what the story there is. You know, is there a painful story? Um, have they been burned at church and that's why they don't want to go? Um, yeah, it's. but uh, you meet surprisingly a lot of people who say, no, 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 I believe in God, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church. Because you look at, you go back to Genesis 1 and 2 and there's Adam enjoying his relationship with God. In terms of that's the individualistic moment where it is just God and one person. And then God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. Where that's not Adam saying that. He didn't identify saying, actually, I'm missing someone. He's fine. He's just hanging out with the animals, enjoying the... You know, he doesn't see it as a problem, but God does. And so God in making Eve makes uh, another who is equal, but different. Mm. And that is very good. And so there's a sense where we have been made from the very beginning to need others and there's uh, a beauty in that uh, mm. because it's, it's tapping into well who god is as a, as a trying god but also uh, with diversity uh, uh, there's a, a a beauty that comes uh, from it in needing others and being around others. and so that's there in genesis but also in the church in terms mm. of god's intention was uh, obviously, saying Jewish, uh, people, God's people, but then obviously the Gentiles and and the diversity there mm-hmm. around the throne of heaven. Well, I is think where we're heading that's towards. where we've got a hard word to say to each other, to ourselves. If you don't feel like church, you need church. And what did Jesus say? It's better to give than to receive. You're not going to church for yourself. You're going to church because you were made to give to your brothers and sisters, and that's hard. But can I promise you? And I promise myself. That actually when you turn up, when you come to give and to serve, that's when you will find something that you never knew you lacked. And it's actually there that you'll find an enjoyment of God that you didn't have before. Yeah, and that doesn't mean you'll leave church and leave the service feeling a buzz and on a high each week. I think there are those services that happen like that, uh, but it's not always the case. But that doesn't mean it's not good for you. Mm. It's, it's like, um, you know, how many of the meals that you've eaten in your life 
can you remember? How many of them stand out? Maybe only a few. You know, you ate at a fancy restaurant. I went to French recently. Ooh. Yeah, but if you, but most of the meals you've eaten, you don't actually remember. But they were good for you. If you hadn't eaten them, you would have shriveled up. And I think it's the same with church. I think it's the same with sermons. Uh, I think any time that we come and meet with God's people, yeah, it may not be that standout moment or experience, but it was good for us. But it's so exhausting, though. Like, honestly, like, in terms of, uh, you know, it's, it's so easy for me, like, at first, it's so easy for me to hang out with people who are just like me, same stage, age, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is an exhaustion when it comes to doing church together uh, because people are different from me, you know, and I'm just going to name that and just say it is tiring, you know, and there is a, my natural instinct is be like, look after self, James, you know, just do what makes you feel good. You know, don't push it too much. Yeah, yeah. But it is tough. Which mm. is important to name when we get to the Enjoying God podcast, where we're talking about you could have this wonderful, enjoyable relationship with God. And that's what we want for you. Mm. But you don't just do what makes you feel good. We do what God calls us to do because we know that he's got end game our enjoyment at the heart of it, but sometimes it's going to be hard. On a theological level, it's, um, you know, you like the idea of God calling everybody, don't you? You know, God's called um, the mm. poor, the rich, the, uh, the, the introvert, the extrovert, um, the nations and Australia. And so you love that on a theoretical level, but when they're all in the same place and you have to get along with them, <laughs> um, that can point. be a really, really painful thing. Is that can I love you as an idea and not as actually the person in front of me who's so different from me <laughs> and it's just so painful for me to love you? And, you know, I remember reading um, 1 John chapter 4 once and it, you know, it really struck me that it, it calls on you, that, that passage really calls on you to love your brothers and sisters. And then it calls on the cross, is it? Love your brothers and sisters because Jesus died for you on the cross. Wow. And I thought it was a pastoral moment of John to acknowledge it is painful, it's hard. And so I'm going to give you the highest call that I can give you as a Christian. Remember the cross, remember Jesus, mm. so love your brothers and sisters. Wow. And loving others is the way God refines us, isn't he? Doesn't he? Like we're speaking to someone after church and we're finding that conversation difficult and we find ourselves becoming impatient and that's a way that God grows us in our patience, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Living that cross-shaped life uh, and loving others in that way. Mm. Yeah. And if you weren't convinced, it also says in Scripture that it's by loving one another that the world will see that Jesus is real. Mm. And that's why... I reckon in terms of those who are hurt by the church, it's such a big thing mm. because, mm. Uh, you know, that, that sense of how God's, made, God's love will be made complete in us when mm. we love one another. So in the sense that we are that ambassador mm. uh, for the world. So people have that experience, mm. you know, mm. bad ambassadors lead to war mm. in terms of in a political sense. Mm. And bad Christian ambassadors, when we're not loving one another, it leads to all sorts of conflict and hurt and damage. Mm. Mm. And so, you know, Scripture testifies to that. And I think a lot of people's experience of bad church experience that that is so damaging because it's not just a a political thing, it's a spiritual thing in terms of failing to reflect God's love. Yeah. Mm. And everything... 
Are you guessing? Oh, no, no. And everything's magnified. So you have higher standard for people's behavior because they're supposed to be Christian and they're nice. Yes. And then you get hurt within the church. And so you feel even worse yep. than you would have been hurt if you were just talking to a friend. Mm. Mm. But when church does function properly, mm. yeah, it's a wonderful oh, way yeah. of God helping us to enjoy him. Mm. I mean, I just think, you know, how many times I'm there in church and we're singing and I just stop for a little while and just listen to everyone mm. declaring and praising who God mm. is and what he's done. Mm. And that just uh, reminds me of who God is and what he's done mm. myself. Or, you know, just hearing other people say amen after a prayer mm. or hearing people share their testimony or just seeing someone love someone who's different to them. Uh, that just constantly helps me to enjoy him. Yeah, I like I realized that I actually needed that when we got chucked into social isolation and we're doing online church from home and it's just me and Becca in a room. Yeah. And we were singing together and like Becca's got a great voice. You know, I enjoyed Becca a lot and it was great doing church together. But. I realized how much I craved the voices of brothers and sisters around me, even yeah. the out of tune ones and the amen after the prayers. <laughs> um, yeah, I realized how deficient we are when we don't have that we gathering. Mm. And my gut is one of the things that Covis will teach us, particularly as Christians, is how important others are, other Christians are in our Christian walk. Yeah. Because we kind of pre-COVID said, oh, no, 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 we need others. You know, But it was a more theoretical sense. But I think... At the end of all this, it will show us individually and as a church how much this is a team sport. You know? Okay, we're going to take a break and then we'll come back and tackle the question, does online church have a used-by date? See you soon. We're back. Let's tackle the question. Does online church have a use-by date? James, what do you think? Well, it's interesting. So COVID happened. We decided to do online church, as many other churches did. And it was trying to make good of a bad situation. We couldn't yeah. see one another. We, we legally couldn't gather together uh, and the restrictions. And so... What God has in the sovereignty of God, it's a good time to be covered with the advances of technology, mm. you know, internet, uh, uh, TVs, and all that kind of stuff. Zoom, so, zoom, we're zoom. able to still do that church experience on a Sunday. And personally, that first Sunday, uh, where we couldn't be together, I remember, uh, there was, there was tears in our household, there's a real sense of sadness of not being one another, but yet there was a real joy of still seeing people's faces uh, and hearing God's word and, and singing and, and that kind of thing. So I, I remember that first Sunday quite clearly. Uh, from that Sunday to this Sunday, it's been a different experience. But mm. yeah. I, yeah, I think it's been like a painful time in a lot of ways, but in a good way, like mm. in that it's, it's really helped me and some other people that I've talked to just go, oh, some of the things I used to take for granted, yeah. absolutely 
integral to what it means to be a Christian mm. and mm. to enjoy God. And so that's been great. And that moment when we were no longer, you know, bound to like two people in your house and you could actually invite some people over and then mm. doing online church with other people, it was like, yeah. oh, praise the Lord. That's so, Which so good. has been beautiful, right? Because we've been seeing people practice hospitality in ways they haven't before and actually open up your home and mm. that's been great. Mm. Yes, it's definitely stressed the the relational community elements of mm. church mm. being together rather than just the service mm. parts. It's really forced us to think about what church is. Um, you know, mm. we think about, um, you know, if you think about church on a large scale, we've got the invisible church, which is a technical term, um, referring to all the saints that have gone in the past, that are in the present, are in the future, without any boundaries, gathered to, together in um, God's heaven around the throne. Um, but then the visible church, the expression of the invisible church that we have in our local setting, the visible church, our local church has been so heavily impacted by that. So when we are able to meet together in the homes, even as a smaller group, there's a sense in which we've got some of that back, but there's still this tension of, but it's not really how I normally do church. And I think that's why we've had to think really hard about what is church and yeah. what are the things that are necessary for us to be a church and what's missing here. So what is missing from online church? Well, uh, at one level, it's the awkwardness and the messiness <laughs> of a Sunday gathering. That's so true. Yeah, right. Uh, in terms of the online church is very, well, neatly packaged. It's convenient. You press mm. a button, bu a button mm. and boom. It's mm. clean. Uh, there's, great, there's great things about that and also unhelpful things in terms of it's so convenient to watch and it's also convenient it's so easy not to watch because mm. you just click a button. Mm. But or be doing other things while it's on in the background. Yeah, like mm. I've loved having mm. people uh, into homes and doing church online, but mm. there's a sense where you do choose who comes in. Yes. and yeah. you know, you know, home we want to be like yeah. a mix of stages and ages, but a gathering on a Sunday, mm. it's a public gathering. Yeah. So in terms of oddities or people who are not Christian or, or mm. people who are, are confrontational or just different from you, that messiness which often we don't think about, but my problem sometimes with church online is it's too clean and convenient. Mm. Yeah. Whereas that messiness of the Sunday gathering yeah. is missing because we want all people together and, and particularly the oddballs. And my heart breaks for people who perhaps aren't relationally connected closely enough to get that invitation to come mm. to church. And so the fact that church is now predominantly for the people that already have good mm. friendships and good relationships that's that's not church that's mm. that i just i really mm. really feel the pain of that mm. and there have been moments where we've come into the zoom meeting after um, church for supper um, supper virtual supper um, inverted commas and um, i've had a, had a look at the room full of people and there's been two people who are by themselves and everybody else is in groups and feeling that moment of oh those two people yeah. i should have invited those two people but i didn't know that those two people wouldn't have anywhere to be invited today and those just kind of little pangs there mm. yeah. personally i remember the first time i preached uh, a sermon and uh, to the camera for church online preached a sermon and at the end of it uh it was profoundly depressing. Yes. Uh, I, I felt really sterile, so this emptiness, or I preached a sermon to the camera and then packed up and went. And I realized, even as a, a preacher, that, that the joy of opening God's word, uh, working through it together as a congregation, and then coming together to sing with one another, like 
uh, I just longed for that in terms of that response of God has spoken to us through his word and let's worship God together. Oh, how I miss that so much. Uh, and I realized in that moment when I was preaching to a camera, there's something profoundly not right about this. Mm. I think it's good that we're doing it, but something is profoundly missing. Have you thought about bringing some soft toys to sit in front of you while you <laughs> preach, James? <laughs> <laughs> Ones with noises. I thought about that. <laughs> I mean, I felt at points uncomfortable about calling online church church mm. for some of those reasons. Why is that? Oh, well, I just think what it means to be uh, church is to gather. And yes, we were gathering online and... And that was the what we had available to us at the time throughout COVID. And um, I'm glad we did it. And I think we did it well. And of course, you know, throughout COVID and as it continues, some people will not be able to gather in person. Uh, but I think what, if we can, we should. And I think that's what it looks like to be the church. I'll push back a little bit. Like, I really think that it is church. Even if it's a small group of people in a lounge room worshipping the Lord together with the Bible open, I think that is church. And this has been a helpful time for me to think how much of, you know, the public Sunday gathering with its formal structure mm. do we think of as church without actually thinking enough about the people of God in gathering in whatever format looks like to sit under the word and to worship him. I really think that's something that whether or not it's a practical thing we're going to take away, it's definitely just a heart thing that we need to crave more of that meaningful people of God time rather mm. than just come, sing the song, amen the prayer mm. and head home. Yeah. And the hospitality side of it as well. You know, some people, never, I think, have, have invited more people into their homes than they ever mm. have before during this season mm. or have been invited into more homes than ever before during mm. this season. Oh, don't get me wrong. I mean, God has worked in wonderful ways throughout uh, the last you know, six months or so, online church. Uh, but I just think the picture, the full picture we see in the scriptures of what church should be is gathering together under the word of God. We take together in the sacraments, the Lord's Supper, uh, we have biblical authority over us in the form of pastors and teachers who lead us and shepherd the flock uh, and discipline us as well and help us live the godly life. And all those factors together, I think, uh, is the full picture of church. Uh, that can be done in a living room, in someone's connect group, if that's what you want to call church and you've got someone there who's going to be the pastor who shepherds and take the Lord's Supper together and function as a church. Uh, but that's not how that we have done it. Uh, in our church structures. And so I, I look forward to the day when we're back together on a Sunday, um, expressing that full picture of church. So, well, here's a question. When COVID's done and dusted, we don't know when there'll be, vaccine pending, what's, would we continue to do church online? You know, in terms of the lessons we've learned from COVID, you know, some workplaces are like, well, we're going to flex the hours or work from home. Mm -hmm. This will be a new normal, yada, yada. Mm. What would be the new normal for our church post-COVID when it's all done and dusted? And in some ways, it's hard to answer that question because we don't exactly know what the next chapter of COVID will be. You know, how long this is going to be around. Um, so hypothetically, let's say in a year's time, there's a vaccine. We're all back together, no social distancing. And everybody's safe. There's everyone's no risk. Safe. There's no, yeah, everyone's safe. There's been a, like a really wonderful outreach opportunity with online church, I think. Like it's so easy to just flick a link over to someone and say, hey, join or even come to my lounge room. We can watch it together. Whereas they might not want to step into a church building. So there's definitely something to explore there. Again, don't want to lock our church into doing anything. You know, Paul Dale, if you're listening, I'm not signing you <laughs> up for anything. It's fine. But I think there's something to be considered there. And for those who perhaps are 
weak or infirm or unable to get to church. Mm. What a great opportunity for them to be able to mm. still join with us. Yeah, there's some mm. practical takeaways to think about. Yeah. Mm. So in terms of having an online presence is a good thing. Sure. In terms of those kind of things. But what about the online church for those who are not in that category in terms of either the non-Christian or the, the weak or the vulnerable? Yeah. I think we want to sa- say when we gather, that's where mm. the action is. Mm. And I think there's lots of brothers and sisters who are convicted of that. I remember one of the most concise and helpful ways that somebody summarised online church for me was another person at church who said, this is the next best thing. Um, the best okay. thing is church, yeah. um, and we can't at the moment, and so the next big thing, best thing is online church. Totally. And so the, I think there's a lot of brothers and sisters out there who are longing to be back together and want to be back and are just counting down the days and weeks until we oh, can. I just think we're already fighting spiritual consumerism in a lot of ways, though. You know what I mean? Mm. Like we already sometimes approach faith with a just come, hopefully it's a good sermon, hopefully someone asks me how I'm going so I mm. feel good, and then I go. And I just worry about creating another avenue for people to tap out of joining in the mess and committing to God's... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. am I alone here? Do you mean by having an online church? Yeah, having an option. Yeah. So it's sure. just like, oh, yeah. I'm a bit tired today. Yeah. Yeah. I might just watch it online. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting, you know, in Hebrews, we're uh, falling out of the habit of gathering with God's people. The word yeah. habit is of a helpful thing yeah. where you're in that routine of that's what I do. You know, mm. as a Christian, we gather together. And, mm. and and that's not really sexy in our culture in terms of habits and that kind of thing. We want it to be more like I want to because I'm really excited. But in terms of the habits of actually gathering together is a very helpful thing of whether I want to or not, we just go to church. Mm. Mm. And so part of the online church experience is we're forming habits bit by bit, mm. but also too it's so easy not to do it because very much so no one will know if I've done it or not. <laughs> yep. Whereas mm. we gather together people, well, hopefully a pastor, hopefully are those in your connection in terms of, oh, I see you. Mm. Uh, I notice you're here. How are you going? Mm. Those kind of things, are the habits are healthy for you, but also you're a part of something bigger. You're part of actually a family of God that I've been noticed mm. when I'm there or not there. Yeah. Mm. Wildly different context, but it's so interesting when Jesus, every time he talks about discipleship, he doesn't go... And you're going to have a comfortable, convenient, nice, easier life being a Christian person in this world. It's always going to be painful. It's going to be hard. And he says, take up the cross. And I know that it's such a widely different context because in the first century, people could die for being a Christian and we are not close to that. And we're talking about online versus um, face-to-face person church. Well done. Yeah. But I just think, um, you know, if we are comfortable as Christians, I think there is something to us questioning that and pushing back on that and going, are we too comfortable as Christians? It's actually supposed to be mm. painful to live this world as a Christian person. And if we're too comfortable, maybe there's something going on that we need to look at again. And, and that's a great principle to keep coming back to as we think about all questions in the Christian life, but, but also particularly online church and what things are going to look like. Mm. When to bring it back to enjoying God, it's when we lose our life that we gain it. Yeah. And it's when we deny ourselves yeah. and take up our cross that we mm. actually find the joy and the life that mm. Jesus offers. And yeah. so, you know, Jesus you know, scorned the shame set before him and endured the cross because he knew there was joy on the other side. And that's Mm. what it looks like for us. And I think Mm. that's us joining together in the difficulty and the mess of church. Mm. We'll find moments of beauty and brilliance. And in it, we'll all find that we are enriched in our enjoyment of God. Mm. Yeah. Because it's the convenient, we think convenience will bring us joy. Wrong. No, no, no. Serving Mm. others, being with others brings joy. Yeah. And that's harder, as you said, with Jesus, the joy set before enjoying the cross. But I notice when 
there's been times when I, even just in an online church world, uh, done it, you didn't think of the times with lockdown, we've just been my family, and that's been a beautiful thing. But when we've had others from the church family in, that is harder. You know, mm. you've mm. got to be hospitable. You've got to, cook. you know, different dynamics with the kids. You've got to cook. You've got to clean. But I notice when I compare both experiences, there is a greater joy when people leave the door uh, yeah. then <laughs> because they've left us. James because it's been effort but to do church with others is what God's intention is all, what he's all about okay so we're coming to the end of our season James wrap it up for us what is it help us reflect on where we've been and where we might go at the end of this season of enjoying God yeah I think we've been looking at seven episodes and, and obviously there's a whole year to enjoying God and that's our goal that's our desire but i've just been thinking something we don't often talk about just to wrap up and get people thinking about is the fact that god enjoys us yeah um wow. as his children we are, we, every year we go up to sunshine coast uh for holidays and there's the ginger factory uh which is uh not very exciting for us adults unless you like ginger but it's really pitched <laughs> to kids and every year uh, the, my kids go on the uh, the boat ride, which is basically this boat ride that takes you round and round, and you look at these mannequin puppets that are just moving about. It's a bit freaky. It sounds creepy. <laughs> they <laughs> love it. Made and out of ginger. So we bought a ticket to it, and and we'd go around once, and then they said we'd go around again and again and again. Now I look to be honest, it's not something I would enjoy, but seeing their faces every time we'd go around again and again, that brought me a joy. Mm. Uh, and it got me thinking that's a bit like with God and us. He's sovereign. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what's around the bend. And yet when we live his way, when we have right relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ and seek to worship him by the power of the Spirit, he has a big smile on his face enjoying us because we're his children. And as we enjoy him, uh, he is enjoying us, his creation, is redeemed creation through Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, as we continue to think about this and live that out, I think that's just a beautiful picture to keep coming back to, that it's not just a one way, do I enjoy him? But actually when I live God's way, he is enjoying me and us. Amen. Well, we'll leave it there. Big thank you to my panellists, Nick and James. Thank you for Susan joining in as our special guest. Huge thanks to Julian, our producer, our editor, who's made it all happen behind the scenes. Thank you for listening and tuning in and keep on enjoying God. Thank you for listening and tuning in and keep on enjoying God. Bye. Well done, guys. Is that too long? Okay. I love at the end there, Susan, when you said bye. (laughs) (laughs) I got the final word.